Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. I'd like to introduce Aisha. She is a public relations and media professional. She is our first non-educator on our show. She specializes in blogging and blogging and copywriting and editing. And she's here because there's a lot of things that we want to do in our side hustle, but we need some guidance as to how to start or some support. And so I thought I'd bring an expert into you. So Aisha, Aisha, excuse me, welcome to Staying in the Black. Thank you for having me. And I feel like I accomplished something by being the first non-educator. <laughs> you have. Like it's just we really try to support educators in um what they they do in their side hustles and their financial journeys. But what I understand starting staying in the black is sometimes we also need support and don't really know where to go or what to ask for. We have dreams about what we want to do, but don't know all the steps it takes to get there. So if you could just tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you help other entrepreneurs. Absolutely. So um, as Miss Black told you all, my name is Aisha Murphy. I am a communication specialist all around. I have a um, bachelor's degree in English and master's degree in public relations. And so throughout the years, I've always had positions in helping people tell their story in some way. I've been a journalist at some points in my career. I've even worked in higher education, maybe more from um, a quality perspective at, at one point. But for most of my career, I have helped companies tell their stories, whether it's the HR department telling their story, like with employee relations, or if it's helping with the actual branding aspect where I'm writing things that, that are put on to websites. So I have done that in my nine to five, but then for my side hustle, I've been helping small businesses, nonprofits, mostly black owned entities tell their business stories to attract more clients. So we would create campaigns around different sales or uh, different product lines. Some of my proudest work has been working with some nonprofit organizations that help to lower health disparity within the health community for African-American and Latinx people. So I would help them create community outreach campaigns. And we would do this via social media, via content, via podcasts, via, via interviews. And so I would create these campaigns, but then execute them and basically make sure all the content was created and recorded. So I've just been helping people get their stories out there for the last seven or eight years now. Great. So when you say, because your expertise is vast in a lot of areas. So you've done nonprofit, small business, big business. 
What should a new entrepreneur be looking for in working with someone like you? That is an excellent question. And I find it's vital because a lot of people, they'll say, oh, you do social media. I want to work with you. Like, but do you, do I even specialize in like what it is that you need? Right. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is you want to ask them questions specifically about how do they design and measure the success of their campaigns? One, how do they design their campaigns? Do they, do they have an all digital approach do they have a approach that mixes both traditional media? So I mean, like, are you going to get me into the trade publication for my industry? Do you have a media list or a media re- a connection with the editor or a journalist that can get me into, I don't know if I do beauty, whatever the top beauty magazine is, can you get me into that publication so that more people can learn about my story? Or even if you don't have the relationship, do you know how to pitch like a God? And could you talk me into that? <laughs> and then, and then are you, not only are you well-connected, but do you know how to measure the effectiveness of your campaigns? Cause that is a very important part. So I'll, um, I don't know. I don't want to give too much tea, but uh, I'll, I'll say this. There is a public relations and media professionals. We have an approach to designing campaigns. And for some of us, it's different acronyms. But for me, it's research, planning, implementation, and evaluation. Mm-hmm. Research is key. I can't just go in there pitching everybody. I need to use my time effectively and pitch the people that are going to be most valuable for my client right? I need to research the brand and have the proper voice. I need to research the market and see where we can come in and take a unique approach that will amplify our voice around all the the white noise, all the competition to Mm -hmm. elevate us a little bit higher. I need to really, then anything that I implement needs to be based off of that research. Mm -hmm. And then I need to plan and plan out everything so that we're not just, you know, in the moment, it needs to be organized and it needs to be measurable because all great goals need to be measurable. Teachers understand (laughs) measuring goals, believe me. (laughs) We understand that part. (laughs) And evaluation is like, okay, so this is working really great, but this other thing that I thought was a good idea, eh, not so much. So we're gonna put more of our effort into what's working great or we're going to look at something else and put more effort there. And it's not a linear process. This is a circular process and it needs to be ever going. So I guess I share that all with you, with all of you listening so that you can ask them. So what's your approach to um, launching campaigns? How much research do you put in? What types of research do you conduct? How do you plan? What's your evaluation process? What type of uh, media connections do you have? Those are the types of questions you want to ask when hiring somebody like me to work for you. Those are great because I can tell you starting this podcast, I didn't consider those things. I really was just like, let me get started. And so now I have episodes in the can and I'm like, okay, so how do I let people know that I have released? Do I pay for Facebook ads? Do I pay for Instagram ads? What's my budget? How much should my budget be? 
How much should I, engagement should I expect? So is there somewhere that entrepreneurs should go before they, they even engage with someone like you to figure out budget and really set their expectations to what could be or should be expected as a small brand just starting out? That is another uh, great question. And I'm, I'm thinking like there is no standardized place that you can go to see like, this is how much it should cost to launch a campaign. The answer is it just varies. And a lot of it has to do with the professional and how they work. If they're a one person show who's just going to work with you individually, chances are you're going to pay a little bit more because they're doing pretty much everything and um, they're just committing their sole time to you. So Mm -hmm. you, the budget could be anywhere from three to $5,000, depending on how they're launching it. It could be less. If you're getting someone who knows how to do this and maybe they're just starting out, Mm-hmm. You might be paying $1,500 for a few weeks of work for part-time type mm-hmm. of work, you know? So it it really depends and you really have to shop around. That's what you have to do. Most professionals, they are going to pitch you. They'll send you a pitch deck. They will. They usually will do a clarity call with you to qualify and figure out what you need. And then once they figure out what you need, they might have a small mock-up of what it would take to effectively elevate your brand and your brand's recognition on social media or wherever you're looking to have that elevation. And so once they um, send that to you, they will also send you like, a projection of costs or an invoice or something like that. So you can see if you want to work with them or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it might take a little bit of shopping around uh, to figure out what you want, if you want a full scale campaign. Now, if you're just looking for somebody who is going to schedule posts for you or be consistent, that's going to be significantly more affordable. You could either, well, you'd have to train them, but you could train a VA to do that, or you could hire a VA that already has that experience and knows how to do it and just work on making sure their voice sounds like yours. So there's options depending on what you want and what you need. And that's why there really isn't like a place you could go to specifically know how much this is going to cost you or not. Mm-hmm. But if you want a full-on campaign, like me, I, I work with a team. So I have an ads person, I have a VA, I have a personal assistant, sometimes bring on a tech writer because I do a lot of the writing, but if I'm super busy, I'll bring on a tech writer. I have mm-hmm. a video, a videographer and a graphic designer. So my packages could be, depending on how long we're working together, any start anywhere from three to $5,000 because I have a whole team and we're looking to bring a really high quality Um, experience a campaign that's going to resonate and go very far. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can go as simple as a virtual assistant who you would have to work with more closely to make sure that what they're posting or what they're sending out mirrors your voice as the owner or as robust as what you offer, which is a team that is supporting video uh, copy, 
uh, scheduling and the whole campaign as itself. And then being going from an individual that you have to be very hands-on with to a team that this is what they do. And you are just offering um, guidance to that's the range of costs that you have. And so just speak a bit, I think for those people, um, most educators are used to working with a team, speak to the guidance that you would offer a team of your size, because sometimes you feel like, well, they're the experts. So I'll let them do what they think they need to do. But you feel like some of the stuff that they, you may feel like some of the stuff that they want to put out doesn't represent what you want your brand to really be. So like, what are those conversations or what should a person who's deciding to go, I guess, either way with a virtual assistant or a big team, what are some of the things that they should put in place to ensure that their brand is being represented in the vision or the light that they want it to be? They need to put forth like a brand Bible, really. Like if you're working with a VA, you need to put forth a brand Bible, Mm -hmm. Um, style guides, Mm -hmm. SOPs, as much as you possibly can write the vision, make it plain. So Mm -hmm. nobody departs from it. We need to get it clear. This is what I want. I have created brand Bibles. I have a social media policy. I have style guides. I have a branding guide and I've trained a whole team. I've been brought in as the strategist, sat down with the founder, sat down with the people who are overseeing these projects when I'm gone and mm. gotten really clear. Every We've worked on it for six weeks. What do you want? What do you want? We revise it over and over and over and over again. And once it was fine-tuned and they're like, this is what we want, I oversaw helping them and their leaders train their social media teams because they didn't have a social media team. They were literally... Pr- pulling some of like their customer service employees and things that had expressed interest in being transitioning to this team. And we went ahead and trained them basically to do things that I knew how to do. We mm-hmm. trained people how to schedule. We trained people how to write copy. We set up review processes. This is very important because when you see those faux pas, when people put something on social media and it conflicts, there's a brand confusion and they're like, oh, sorry, a low-level intern posted this without, and I'm always like, mm-hmm, you are NBC. I know y'all have about 15 review processes. Y'all better stop playing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, you need to set up review processes where there are layers of quality and review so that before it gets to the published point, it's already been approved. But even before that, you have your SOPs, you have your brand guidances to make sure the team is already on one accord. And so um, somebody like me, the strategist that comes in and helps design this, spends a lot of time with her, her CEO or her founder or, or his CEO or his founder, making sure that uh, we know what you want and that what we are creating f- to guide the team is in line with the overall organization and the mission. Okay. So I'm trying to scale that down to someone like me or someone like most teachers who are doing their side hustle. Side hustle. Right. So I'm a one woman shop. Gotcha. I have a full-time job and this is my passion. And so what should I expect in this, in terms of working with a virtual assistant? Um, I heard you said um, 
SOPs, which I think is standard, standard uh, operating uh, procedures. Exactly. Yes. So what should I look to set up with that person so that I get quality materials that speak to my brand, but within my budget? Okay. So if we're working on like, we are trying to make the best of all that we have, all we can really do is afford a VA. Yes. I'm just going to say this. If you can afford to have, like, there are some people who all they do is they'll come in and, and observe your business processes, write them out and say, do you agree that you do this, this, and this, and this, and that, and they will create SOPs for you. If you could afford that, do that. If you can't, then when you're looking at your processes, you need to just start writing out your business processes. Whatever you're doing all the time, right? Because we're always looking to get better anyway. And I know it's hard when you're one person, you're like, look, I got to get to this hustle. I got to get to it. But it will benefit you in the long run if you start looking at your business processes because a few things would happen. One, you're laying it out so you don't have to be the only person to do it. When you're laying it out like that, you can then teach it. I know y'all are teachers. You don't want to teach in your side hustle, but you can teach your VA to do what you do at a high quality, because I have heard this a lot. My VA is horrible. I got a lot of good recommendations. They're horrible. And my assistant is horrible. Sometimes they're not horrible. Sometimes you just weren't, you're so busy hustling. You weren't able to train them the way that you need them to be perfect. And so the only way you're going to do that is if you map out the processes before you hire them, that would be ideal. If you do happen to hire them, then when you're working, you can figure it out with them and sit and have focus meetings and say, okay, this is how we did it this time. This is going to be the standard operating procedure going forward. If you don't have time to write it out, then discuss it in a Zoom meeting, save it on cloud recording and have it as a training. They can go back and watch it over and over again so that they do the same thing the same way and just set up a review process where it's like, okay, let's say we're talking social media. You hired a VA to schedule your social media. You're having content created, you know, one post a day, one video a day for 14 days. And you want them to uh, go ahead and, and do some content management, use a system like Hootsuite, Planoly or Buffer app to schedule all your social media so that it's on autopilot for 14 days. You want to observe that process, write out how they did it, and then say, okay, every Sunday you're going to schedule one or two posts a day for 14 days. It's going to be done by Monday at this time. I'm going to come in from mon- on my lunch break from 12 to 1.30, review everything that you did and approve it. Maybe they don't set it to schedule until you go through and they just put it into the system. I hope I'm not all over the place, but you're not. This is good because I think oftentimes you don't know what to do. You know what you want done. You don't necessarily know all the options that are available to you. And you find yourself in the middle saying, what do I do now? And so these steps and I'll, you know, so what I heard was you get the virtual assistant you have a meeting with them. Well, even before the virtual assistant, what I heard was map out, track, your, processes. Map out your processes, right? Track what you do every day. Then once you, with your business. So once you know what your processes are, find the virtual assistant. Now you have the virtual assistant, train the virtual assistant with your process, but you just don't let them go with it. You no. then set up 
check-in point. Right. So schedule, put everything in this app. I will come in and approve it. So when you go back in to approve it, once it's approved, now you can schedule it for right. release. Once right. release, you can look right. at the data. And then after the data, you can decide, is this how you want to move forward? And I think all educators know of some process that they do because we're generally routine people. For those of us who are elementary, getting 18 four-year-olds <laughs> to line up and follow you to the bathroom, you can do that. You're a magician. And so <laughs> we understand that part of it, but we don't necessarily think about that when starting our business. When starting our business, we often want to just get the business started, but we don't think of those little nuances. So you're laying it out for us fantastically. Right. I think anyone would be able to replay this or take their little pen and paper and be like, step one, step two, step three. Right. Most of, most of us like order. So that that's really helpful. Map out those processes. I, I think that educators can be some of the best business owners just because I come from a long line of educators and they're still looking at me like, why aren't you one? But it's like, you know, from my grandmother to most of my aunts and uncles and a lot of my cousins. And I just see like how organized and how focused that they can be when they put their mind to something. So I feel like mapping out processes should not, like you said, it should be like second nature for educators. And so if you, so that's the virtual assistant. And then what's the step between the virtual assistant and possibly a team? Okay. So in terms of a team, it then it would be your lead consultant, your your public relations, your digital media persons, mm -hmm. from my experience, at least the way that I run my business, mm -hmm. it's going to be my responsibility to get clear. So I'm going to be the first gatekeeper between you and my team. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, unless you want to hire a team, because I know some people, they're like, okay, I'll hire a PR specialist and I'll hire a tech person and I'll hire my own people and then bring them all together as a team. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think. So if you're working with me, I would get clear with you. We would get everything hashed out before we even really got to an execution part. And at every step of the way, I'm checking in with you that um, I have review processes. I'm, I have all the passwords. I have everything in a spreadsheet and you're able to go and you'll get an email and say, hey, we're getting ready to do this. Usually at the end, I get so attuned to the voice somewhere through the process if we're I usually work on campaigns for about 90 days mm -hmm. so usually around 50 to 60 days it's to the point where the founder's like all right I'm comfortable with you I know you know what I want so they might peek their head in every now and then mm -hmm. but in the beginning it's like I want you to review everything we schedule everything we've got going on I'm checking in every step of the way until I get really clear on what you want so that we're not putting out anything that you're going to be like, take it down, take it down. Cause I don't want to do that. Cause that means I have to redo it. So I'd rather check with you first, you know, but, and so we, we just, every step of the way there's review in that scenario. Now in a scenario where you are hiring all the different people and you've built your own team, it's going to be you needing to have these regular meetings, making sure that all of your people are really clear on what you want. And when they aren't clear on what you want, again, it's just mapping, mapping those processes out. This is what I want. This is how it needs to be done. 
um, training them on that. And there is going to be some transition with that because they might not get it right the first time, especially if the SOPs weren't already set up. Um, And if there's um, not a lot of clarity, but that just means you're going to have to check in more every step of the way, set up more review processes. We're going to review like before you... um, I want to see your pitch list. If you're having them pitch traditional media, I want to see your pitch list before. Some people might be a little bit offended by that. So you have to be very delicate. <laughs> Some of us publicists, we get in our feelings. So it's like, you want to see my pitch list? Oh, I know what I'm doing, but it's like, you have to say, well, um, can we discuss you know, the, the trade publications that you want to pitch and why? And then maybe have that conversation and, and say, well, I want to prior to prioritize this one because I know that my customers or my ideal customer reads this one more than the one you have at the top of the list. So you just have to be a little bit more diplomatic about it. Great. So the one question that I ask every guest is what action step could someone take based on this conversation? Like what would be the the one thing that the one step that you think is most important that they take when considering hiring a PR, social media, a virtual assistant? So the first step is you need to be very clear about what you want and what your budget is, right? Uh, From the jump, you need to be very clear. uh, When you talk to them, and you see like, oh, they got a popping Instagram. They look really professional. I like how they speak in their videos. That's cool. It's fine. It's great. We know how to do that. That's, <laughs> that's why you're reaching out to us. You want to really be very clear about what you want for your brand. And you need to let them know, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I expect. This is how much I have to work with. Being very clear from Jump Street can help you guys figure out quickly if you're a good fit. Because not everything is for everybody. Some people look great on the internet. They're a nightmare to work with, you know, not trying to be mean, but it's just true. And so you you have to be very straightforward and, and clear so that you can make sure you don't waste your time working with somebody who's not a good fit for you, who wouldn't understand your brand, who doesn't have the connections with the right media or who doesn't have the right vision for helping you attract more people, attracting your tribe online. And then I would say, learn more about public relations. Like if you guys want to find my LinkedIn, I wrote an article about, and I actually wrote it for founders, like what is and is not public relations? Because I would work with so many founders who say, I'm so glad I found you. I worked with the person before you. They didn't get what I was get, was doing and they didn't, and your approach is so much better for me. And so I actually wrote that for them because I wanted them to, um, be able to read that and say, start asking the question. So um, how do you evaluate the measure, the, su- the success of your campaigns? What measurement um, KPIs, uh, key performance indicators are you looking at? So then the person's like, oh, wait a minute. She knows what she's, okay, let me tell you. Now. So, you know, get clear on what you want, but also educate yourself a little bit about public relations and what somebody like me does. No, that's great advice. And we will link your article in the show notes so that people can find it. Yes. So that people can find it easily because that was going to be my next question. What should you be measuring as a successful PR campaign? That is a 
large, I mean, it's a lot. Of, it depends on the company. It depends on what kind of campaign you're running. Um, and so it, it also, it's important that the practitioner is talking about key performance indicators after they've done their research. Because once they've really done their research on your brand, the industry, the competition, and they should be doing that. It shouldn't just be like, oh, we're going to make some cute flyers and put it on the internet. No, we're going to make a cute video and put it. Content is king. Content is important, but it needs to be content with purpose. It needs to be content that's not just promoting. Evaluation and measurement takes a, it takes it from practitioner to just a promoter, a party promoter, you know, and there's an art to promotion, but to a practitioner, it's a lot more guided and it's a lot more uh, like they can reproduce it, you know? So um, I would say, I'm, I'm going to think about, I would have to get more of a scenario campaign. So let's say if you just hire me to get, to get you into magazines. Maybe you didn't care about me creating content. You already had that in place. Mm-hmm. So we would want to have a certain amount of, um, we, w- we would want to have a list of people or publications that we're wanting to go to. And then we would want to then develop a contact with each of those. And I'm saying, this is grounds up. We don't know anybody that works at these places, right? Mm-hmm. So we want to look at, okay, How many pitches is this person um, doing a day? How many times are they changing the pitch if they're not getting any response? And how many contacts are we making? How many yeses are we getting? How many no's are we getting? So that's just in a scenario where it's like, and then how many placements are we getting off of these metrics? And if we see that when we do a hundred pitches, which is probably really annoying and we probably get you blocked by most people, but if we're doing like a hundred pitches a week or something like that, and then it's breaking down to if we do 100 pitches a week, we're getting five placements. Then may, if we want 10 pitches a week, then maybe we need to amp up to 200 pitches a week. I'm just giving this for not saying this is an industry standard. I'm giving this as an example to try to like really illustrate what I'm talking right. about. So that's how you would measure like how much input we need to put in, how effective we are. And then when that scenario, it's not if we're putting in that much effort and we're only getting five or 10 placements, maybe we need to work more on relationship building and not just throwing pitches at people. Okay. So the ones that did um, place us, let's cultivate a relationship with them and like, you know, really build rapport with them where you're like, oh, I just want to thank you for this. Anything we can do to help you with your goals or what you have, please let us know. Staying in touch with them so that they can maybe say, hey, I want to introduce you to a colleague who works at this tech magazine who would love to feature. Like, so yeah, so you have to, it, it is not an exact science, but you do have to constantly pay attention to see what's going on and then adjust accordingly. So what businesses, I mean, or or what publications or media should new businesses be trying to get in? Well, social media is all the rage, right? All the kids want to be on Instagram, on TikTok, by the kids, the grown kids, like we're, this is where it's at. And it has done a lot for us, but I always encourage my founders to take a multi-tiered approach. Don't just put it, of course you do what the budget indicates, but I also like to pitch traditional media. No, we don't have to have commercials or advertising spots on, you know, network television and things like that, but let's get into trade publications. A lot of people overlook that, like in your industry, 
finding those fringe publications where your tribe might be at and getting featured in there or even at least getting featured in their digital publication, you need to have your PR person pitching or, and building media lists. And if they come with those connections, that is all the more better. You need a mix of both the traditional and the new media to really have foundationary campaigns that are effective. Great, because I think now everybody thinks social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, as to like, this is where I need to be. Where am I going to get all my likes from? And my question has always been with like the likes and followers, how many of those likes and followers in my instance, like turn into listeners for other people, it may be purchasing products. So your advice is to try the mixed media because you would get somewhere something from some from everywhere right and there may be like some of your not all of your people dwell like they might dwell in the same types of publications so if you're in tech you know black tech magazine if there's something like that um you know you want to they might not necessarily all be on facebook and instagram and you may be missing out on some people who would be some of your best followers your best clients because all you do is go for social media. Maybe they read this magazine online and the, you know, getting put in there, getting a placement in that magazine would expose you to your target audience, but maybe they don't go on TikTok. Maybe they don't go on Instagram. They hate Facebook. I mean, most people nowadays at least have Facebook, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, you're, you want to, use both traditional and uh, new media in your campaigns. Great. Well, thank you for that um, advice. You've given us a lot of options and a lot of things to consider. And we would like to thank you for joining us today to give us a little insight as to what a PR person can do for a um, brand or a business. And we'd love to have you back sometime in the future because I know that people will probably have more questions. And I met you on Clubhouse. So I'm going to see if there's something that we can arrange where possibly listeners can have a question and answer period with you there. But we'll figure it all out. So we're learning. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And I hope this is helpful for you, Miss Black, and all your listeners. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening.